This is a Got Faded Minute. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to a Got Faded Minute, episode number four. Uh, Got Faded Minute is basically your supplement to Got Faded Japan, which will be back next week for sure. Uh, think of this as kind of like the nuts on top of ice cream. So, you know, we're not like the real deal for dessert. We're just kind of like that side thing. So you got a bunch of our nuts in your ears right now. <laughs> All right, and today what we have here is we got Scott Larson. Scott Larson, thank you very much to be here today. Thank you very much for having me. All right, awesome, man. And you are a very interesting person. I'm very, very happy that you're here. It took a little bit of work and stuff, but you came, you, you walked all the way from the station, and this, this office is really far from the station, so thank you. Not that far on the grand scheme of Tokyo. It's only about 10 minutes or so from the station. Not so bad. I don't know, but most people are pussies. Like, 10 minutes is like, I mean, if I say, come to my house, it's 10 minutes from the station, they're like, oh, 10 minutes. Tokyo's a big city. Never been here before. It's nice to see a new party town. Really? Yeah, it's okay for me. Well, welcome to South Central. Thank All you right. very much. You're welcome. So, man, okay, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. So, what's going on? Uh, well, I've been in Japan for uh, a little over 10 years. Awesome. Came from California, and I'm working as a uh, cameraman and uh, video production person uh, in Tokyo. Awesome. So you're actually making the dream come true. That's really fucking cool. How did you how did you start this kind of like a job? Like when you first came to Japan? When I first came to Japan, well, I, I did this job in California, so I had mm -hmm. a bit of experience already. I already had my base skills there. Mm -hmm. uh, but coming to Japan, you know, you don't know anybody, you don't have any network, you don't mm -hmm. know where to get equipment or where to meet people. So it just takes a few years of trying to find where do those people hang out mm -hmm. and talking to them and meeting them and slowly building up your network mm -hmm. and just plugging away at it for a few years until you have enough uh, resources built up that you can start getting work. Fantastic. That's great. And when you first came to Japan, when I first met you, I think, God, when did I meet you? I met you about, what, six years ago for the first time or something? About that, yeah. Yeah, a long time ago. But when I first met you, you were doing photography. So, were you doing photography when you first came to Japan? Uh, when I first came to Japan, well, I got here, as most people do, teaching English, but that was just the way to get your visa and to get yourself set up. In California, I did video work and photography. Um, when I met you, I was doing photography, but not really as a job, mm -hmm. more as a kind of hobby. Okay. And I've always been more of a camera video person. Awesome. Uh, professionally speaking. Cool. And you went to school for that in San Francisco, right? I went to San Francisco State University, and I graduated with a degree in filmmaking. Awesome. Awesome. And so when you came to Japan, your plan was to make it here as like uh, doing video and documentaries and... Not exactly. Advertising. My, my plan was to stay here for a year and then go back. <laughs> <laughs> that was my plan. So well, what were you doing? Were you like escaping jail or something like the rest uh, of us? Or, uh... <laughs> no, I was uh, kind of bored. Mm -hmm. And... Lived in San Francisco, beautiful town. I love it to mm -hmm. death. But I was there for about ten years and wanted something different. And yeah, that's the problem with San Francisco. It gets small after it's a while. It's small. Yeah, I just wanted something, something new, mm. something challenging. But once you leave it, you miss it. You're like, oh, burritos. Oh, the mission. I... Even the tenderloin. You're like, oh man, Jones Street. I'm joining for Jones. <laughs> I do miss it, but uh, I've I've come to the point of making my own chilies and tomatillos on my balcony. Really? Yeah. Hey, next time you do that, give me a call, right? Indeed, yeah. So I, make, I, I made my own salsa last night, actually. 
Holy shit, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. All right, cool, very cool. So, what 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 brought you to stay here? I mean, after a year. I mean, when you came here and you were working, you probably got like what a two year visa or a three year visa. I had a <laughs> three year visa. Sweet, me too. So when you first came here and stuff, what what grounded you? Oh, what didn't ground me? What didn't ground? <laughs> I, mean, I, don't I mean, know. I mean, it was it <laughs> this was. This where the uh, article it starts getting interesting, right? <laughs> it it was. Mm, yeah. It, it was the, I, st- I wasn't, I wasn't finished with the experience, mm-hmm. to be honest. I was, I was just, just getting into it mm-hmm. and really wasn't ready to go back to the mundane life of the reason why I left, you know, mm-hmm. just because I was still in the middle of such a good time of having such so much fun daily mm-hmm. that it really wasn't the time to go home yet. No, I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people feel the, the same way. I think that's why they give you a three-year visa. Because they're like, all right, you've experienced enough. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, actually, I kind of got to disagree with you because they just keep giving you three-year visas. They just keep giving away. They're so easy to get. They just, well, like, have another one. Once you... I think being American or Australian or British or even German, I think, like, for, for people from these countries, it's easier to get a three-year. But I know a lot of people from, like... Well, I don't want to say it, but other parts of Asia, that it's not easy getting a three-year. Really don't know either way on that point. I just know that, um, I know that Japan is desperate for young workers to pay taxes to support their aging population. And they, they, they just give away visas like mad. That's, that's awesome, but I hate paying taxes. Yeah, but the fact is, man, I use the public works you know what I mean I use the street lights mm-hmm. <laughs> I use the, uh, the the water I use what the government provides so and they're not really that expensive the taxes here well I, I guess not I mean more expensive than Mexico I mean I hate paying for stuff you know I mean I hate paying it but kind of tough shit you know you, you live in a, a free democratic society that relies on <laughs> relies on taxes right so yeah, 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 that's true. I, I guess we do have to pay taxes. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, you're in Japan, you're experiencing all these things, you're, 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 meeting, you're meeting girls, you're going to sushi restaurants, izakayas, drinking nightclubs, mm-hmm. taking pictures of all sorts of awesome, like, like adventures and stuff. Pretty much. What else kept you? Oh. Like, how did you, oh, how did you first, I mean, from, like, when you first came here, what, what got you into, like, starting to do video? Because, I mean, once you come here, I mean, video probably was on the back burner for, like, the first, like, six months or a year or so, right? Video was on the back because video production requires uh, a, a group. Mm-hmm. You can do it by yourself, but you can only do... You're really limited mm-hmm. without having a support team. Okay. Whereas photography, you can just go out with your camera and do it. Okay, cool. So that's why I was doing more photography. Mm-hmm. To keep my brain sharp with cameras and lenses and framing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And... That's why I was doing photography for so many years, was to keep my brain sharp. Okay, that's cool, that's cool. And then after, you know, I mean, I never gave up the video thing. It just takes a while to find where is that English-speaking gaijin video production world. And, okay, I mean, I kind of have an idea, but for the, other, for the audience and stuff that doesn't have an idea, what, what kind of people, like, what kind of a group would you need to start, like, like making a video in Japan? Because there's a lot of people that do YouTube videos on here. I'm not going to give them any props because a lot of them are fucking 
dicks, but there's a, there's quite a few people that do like like video and stuff on here. They have their their YouTube channels and stuff like look at me in Japan, you know. So so what do you need to do something and make it look great? Well, I don't do YouTube stuff. YouTube stuff's cool. It's it is what it is. But I work on uh, I work on corporate videos. I work on documentaries. I work on movies. I work on commercials, and all these things require. Uh, they require a director, they require a DP, cameraman, they require camera assistants, sound people, sound assistants, makeup, wardrobe, they require a whole crew, a whole team, anywhere from 2 to 20 people, mm -hmm. and a client that's paying everybody. It's okay. not like you're running out with your camera to do your weekly YouTube channel about whatever it is, mm -hmm. which is cool, but it doesn't make you any cash. Mm -hmm. You're never going to make a living at having a YouTube channel. True. And... I prefer, in just in my case, to make a living as a video production person. Well, it's a whole lot better than a lot of the other jobs on here. It is, and that's what I like to do. You know, when I was working on a job the last few days, and mm -hmm. there was a camera, I was assistant camera person, and we were shooting at the airport and in the hangars and getting up inside the engines of the airplane and really and being escorted to the edge of the runway and shooting planes coming in and going off and... Fantastic. Yeah, that's not the kind of stuff you do on a YouTube video, usually. It's the kind of stuff you do if you get a fun video job. Awesome. So, okay, so basically right now you're doing a lot of corporate stuff. Sometimes. It's a big mix. A big mix? A big mix. All right, what's the majority of stuff that you're doing right now? Um, my particular niche is I happen to be a bilingual, not completely bilingual, by any means, but a Japanese-speaking, mm -hmm. fluent English-speaking person in Japan, and there's not a lot of us, mm -hmm. and it's Tokyo. Mm -hmm. It's a massive city, and there's always people coming in mm -hmm. from other countries that, that need to shoot something. Mm -hmm. And my whole, uh, the whole reason a lot of us make a living is because when people come in to shoot something... They don't speak the language, mm -hmm. they don't know the people, they don't know the crew, they don't know how to get around. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a huge variety of projects I work on, but it's always for clients coming from other countries that need their project done for whatever reason in Tokyo. Fantastic. So you found a niche and basically you're it. So when somebody comes to Tokyo, they're like, okay, call up Scott, right? I'm not the only one, but there's not a lot of us. There's not that many people doing it, <clears throat> especially for a city the size of Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, Tokyo, there's like, what, 4.5 million people in the it's inner city? It's more than that. Or oh, in the inner city? I don't know. But in the Tokyo area, it's more like 15 or 20 million. It's, oh, yeah. If you include like Chiba and all around there. But yeah. One city. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still the city, right? And I feel like I know every English-speaking video production person in Tokyo. <laughs> but there's always going to be somebody coming, right? <laughs> That's not necessarily the case. Really? I was on a job in December with two other camera guys. I was shooting FIFA World Cup. Mm -hmm. And the producer was somebody all three of us didn't know. And all three, was, all three of us camera guys were like, how do we not know you? <laughs> how do all three of us not know you? you know, mm -hmm. I mean, that was kind of the feeling that we had. I mean, it's not a very big world. There's not that many people coming to do it because of the language and culture barrier. But still, that's your advantage. It's a huge advantage, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, from there, I mean, if you break a couple of legs, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you could be the guy. Wink, wink. <laughs> I could, but I need those guys. I rely on those guys 
to oh, work really? with me and to call me for jobs and, you know. Okay, well, I'm going to put my phone back in my pocket. <laughs> we need, don't need to make any phone calls. I mean, huh? Yeah, I mean, I need those guys to work with me sometimes. Okay, that's Sometimes cool. they call me for jobs. and Awesome. So, so basically, it's like a, a 100% freelance business. It, for me, you mean? Yeah. For me, it's freelance, yeah. Awesome. That's great. And let's see. So from there, you're doing a lot of the corporate stuff. And a lot of corporate stuff, yeah. A lot of corporate stuff. And then you also said that you're doing TV and dramas and stuff. Are you also like like working for NHK or Fuji TV or any of these other like large like television companies? Or I never have a <coughs> Japanese client. You never have a Japanese client? Never. Pretty much never. How do people find you? Like... For example, let's say uh, a French car company comes to Japan and they want to have like a car driving through the streets of like Tokyo and they want to film like a little video. And How do they get in contact with you? I've spent half a year or so studying um, search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. So if you type in any keywords, Japan, Tokyo, cameraman, video, video crew, whatever, I'm on page one of Google. No shit. Yeah, I'm in the top three I'm going to have to talk to you after the show. <laughs> I'm in the top three or four of pretty much any Google keyword search you can do. Really? I think God Faded released like the second page. <laughs> uh, it took, took a few months of studying and tweaking. and. Oh, that's fantastic. I had no idea you are a hacker too. Wow. A jack of all trades. <laughs> Google bomber, I think is the uh, correct term. Google bomber. I like that. Yeah. Cool. So, now... One thing that I really want to talk about is your documentaries. Now, I know right now you're doing an amazing documentary that's going to be, as soon as it's released, it's going to like shake the system of documentaries. It's going to be like the, the Banksy video of like this kind of genre, right? Now, before we even get to that, which you know I'm going to talk about, have you done many documentaries before that or is this your first one? Uh, as a director, it's my second one. The second one, can you talk about the first one a little bit? The first one uh, came about when I had a new camera. I just got a new uh, Final Cut editing system, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of getting like uh, itchy to, to, to do something with it. Mm. Not something small, but a full-on project beginning to end. Yeah. So I could learn the system and, and the camera. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that um, my family was coming to Japan two weeks later, mm-hmm. and I just asked my parents... Can we follow you guys around with cameras for two- <laughs> for ten days? <laughs> I think I've seen this somewhere. You guys were in like a karaoke booth, right? I took them to karaoke. I did, yeah. That's right. I, yeah. How did I see this? Um, I might have shown it to you. I'm not sure. You it's might not, have. It's, it's not really a documentary. It's kind of a documentary. <laughs> it's kind of a travel. It's not really a family video. I don't really know where to categorize it, but it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh, the... Kind of witnessing Japan uh, through the kind of virgin eyes of the tourist who had never been there before. Gaijin eyes. Yeah, and it wasn't. It wasn't really. It's not a really heavy documentary by any mm-hmm. means. It's fun. It's fun to watch, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't really have any any meat to the story. There's no violence, or nobody gets like arrested, or nobody gets drunk and starts a fight. Or anything. there's no there's <laughs> no real, um, you know, emotional anything to it. It's fun to watch, but that's it. You know, I mean, it's good, mm. but it's it's not really. There's 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 no heavy drama. There's no uh, there's no message. There's no meat. You know what so I mean? So it's a it's a fluff piece, <laughs> kind of. Well, not really fluff. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to watch, but it's when you watch it, it's uh-huh. fun, and it's kind of out of your mind. And you, Scott, and, uh, I thought it was pretty fun. 
It's it's it is fun. It's good, but it's it's. Uh, mm. Is it still online? Can somebody watch it like right now? They can watch it online um, on Vimeo. Vimeo. Yeah. So they have to do a search for like family documentary or. If they do a search for, I'd have to check it. I called it uh, "Huge Ass Buddha." Huge Ass Buddha. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> you should work for Got Faded. We definitely need more people. Huge. <laughs> yeah, Huge Ass Buddha. Huge Ass Buddha, and it's on my uh, my Vimeo. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, cool. And we'll plug all that at the end of the show. Great. All right. Now the documentary that I want to talk about right now. The title is sayonara wonderland now just that title sayonara wonderland i'm thinking michael jackson comes to japan and i mean this sounds really either really good or really bad i don't know it's <laughs> it could be anything so please tell us a little bit about sayonara wonderland <laughs> sayonara wonderland is a um, documentary a topic i just stumbled upon uh i didn't really want to stumble upon it initially Mm-hmm. It's it's a story about the dying art of Japanese strip theater. Strip theater. What exactly is strip theater compared to let's say a uh, strip club? Going yeah, going to a strip club. You know, like a deja vu by the highway or something. Well, the first time I went, my <coughs> wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, wanted to take me on my birthday to this strip theater, and I thought, oh man, a birthday strip club? No, no thanks. You know, I don't want to spend two hundred, three hundred dollars. That's a terrible wife. Have tits in my face, get oh. ring and go home. Like, I, jeez, <laughs> it's, good, it's a good wife, right? But but I don't. I didn't want to spend mm-hmm. a few hundred bucks mm-hmm. on some lap dances, mm-hmm. get horny, and then go home. You know what I mean? Like, well, if you like, go home with your wife, I mean, yeah. But it's just you know, I just not. I'd rather just go home with my wife and not spend the two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm as cheap as it comes, dude. I mean, look at our equipment. <laughs> right? Just, I like that. It's a nice mic. That's good. Thanks, man. Thanks. It's a wreck. Um, but so I, I finally caved. I was like, fine, I'll go. And uh, I twisted my arm. And it was uh, it was not what I expected. All right. So we know what you expected. What did you see? I saw beautiful dances. Mm-hmm. I saw artistic. Elegant, gorgeous lighting, and nice dances, and no lap dances, no tips, nobody drinking, nobody making noise, an audience just respectfully sitting quietly and watching this gorgeous artistic dance. What kind of music was it? Uh, the girls use... Um, every girl makes her own dance from scratch. So they pick the music, which is always copyrighted something. Mm-hmm. And they build a dance, and they do costumes and choreography around a dance. So they're they're all different. Okay, so is it like J-pop or is it like classical or it is this, it's is all different? Everything. <clears throat> cool. Everything. What kind of clothes do they wear? Are they wearing like kimonos or are they wearing like g-strings? Everything. They're wearing from kimonos to butterfly costumes to like uh, giant pink penises with wings coming off the back. To, now you're uh, talking. To, to samurais to. You know, it's just every single dance is different. There's a girl that dresses that, that had a mermaid dance. She's underwater and she made the ocean on the stage. Really? So, I mean, this is like a full-on... <laughs> this is like like the, the, the Disney, like, theater performance, right? One girl did Disney. One girl did do Disney. She well, did Disney. I guess that was copyrighted. One girl, yeah. One girl did... <laughs> um, 
all Disney songs, and she was she started off as uh, that Tinkerbell. She started off as Tinkerbell, and she went through all the Disney characters. You know, when she gets to Dumbo, that can be kind of disturbing. <laughs> it was it was disturbing. It was it was watching these kids' characters stripping. You know, that was weird. So, what's the difference between this compared to like a, a normal Japanese strip joint? Uh, <laughs> these are normal Japanese strip joints, and. What you're probably thinking of is a place like Seventh Heaven or something in Roppongi. Yeah. Which is just a money hole where the mm-hmm. girls are trying to shake you for as much money as they can. Well, that's what they do. That's what they do. And with the promise that you might get somewhere at the end of the night, but they just get as much money out of you as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's the job. I know a lot about that. A lot of my coworkers went to a stag party a couple of years ago. One guy named Big Something, not going to say his name, but he spent a thousand bucks in one night. Yeah, these places you spend four, 40 bucks to get in. <laughs> 40 bucks to get in? That's all you spend? What about drinks? Nobody's drinking? No alcohol. They have a vending machine that sells alcohol, but there's no bar. Nobody's actually drinking. So it's 40 bucks to get in. What about tips? You don't tip, right? Don't tip. So, okay. So what's the documentary about? <laughs> is it about like one character or is it about like is it about like the the whole industry or is it about like one shop or well when I first started it I, I was in this theater and visually it was just stunning mm-hmm. easy to shoot to make it look nice because it's already there mm-hmm. so from a camera perspective it was great and it was not what I expected it was just like something I'd never ever seen before so I told uh, my girlfriend She's not my wife. Um, this is a documentary. I've got to do this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you can't do it. No cameras allowed, right? Long story short, she's got friends in the industry. She introduced me to some people, and I just started shooting it, not knowing what I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, I am catching the death of the industry. You're catching the death of the strip, not like the the... The booty, booty, shake your booty. Not that industry, no. but the death of this like artistic yeah. strip industry. Yeah. It's about five years away from being completely gone. Shit. How is that possible? You People are like, we're the... sick of tits and ass. We're done. Well, no, actually, because for the same price, you can get a blowjob down the road. Yeah, I guess and you're right. you huh? can't touch the girls here. They're not sick of tits and ass, but they're just sick of, you know, watching... I guess like the the the, the sex industry mm-hmm. is booming mm-hmm. in Japan. Yeah, but the well everywhere, but yeah, yeah, but the strip theater mm-hmm. industry is dying. Damn. Yeah. So so basically, people are like not going there, and um, you, you walk into like this place, just like a beautiful performance, amazing music, amazing lights, and it's just you and your wife, and you're just chilling, drinking tea. There's. Anywhere from 2 to 15 guys in the audience, depending on the day. But the girls have to get paid. The guy will pay their overhead. They're just not making enough customers. Mm-hmm. And nobody's buying. They don't sell drinks to make money. Why? They just don't do it. It's not... It's not they just don't do it. It's I don't know. part why. of the industry. They don't do it. It's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. Okay. Cause, I mean, you would think that like something like this would never die. But then again, you're saying, like, I mean... Why pay money? We can go down the street and get a blowjob. But then again, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, do you really want to get a blowjob? Then again, I guess that's why you go to these places to get a blowjob. I don't know. It's this weird, (laughs) crazy catch-22. My mind's starting to snap, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's, you know, 
20, 30 years ago, it was really, really popular, and it's just been going down. The laws are getting more strict. They can't open the theaters. They can't. Mm. They can't pass um, ownership to theaters that exist. Really? So basically, like, I mean, the city is trying to close this, or not the city, but the government's trying to close this industry down. That's part of the problem, yeah. Damn, dude, that's crazy. How old is this industry? It started after World War II. After World War II, and it was probably for, like, what, the GIs and stuff? It was for the uh, the Japanese people. There was no GI after World War II. I don't know if there's really any GIs around. I'm not sure, to be honest, but uh, the Japan was in a terrible state mm -hmm. and from what I've heard from some of the dancers is it was kind of uh, you know kind of a form of, of entertainment for the bad state of things in Japan for the Japanese people alright something like for them to get their mind off of things yeah, right? yeah maybe something like that Yeah. okay that's cool how much do these girls get paid for their dances and how long are the dances the dances <coughs> are 15 to 20 minutes each and they do four a day four a day they get paid, oh, I can't remember offhand, but it's 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 a few hundred dollars per day. A few hundred bucks? That's not yeah, bad for dancing. It's not bad. It's two or three hundred dollars a day. I can't remember the exact amount, but it's uh, something like that. Cool, cool. And you said, like, uh, well, how old are these strippers? I mean, I because, mean, you know, in, like, Asia and stuff, some places in Asia, I mean, they can be way young. No, they're not way young. They start at 20, and the oldest one is about 70. 20 to 70? 70, yeah. 70? Yeah. And wait, so wait, these girls is like full frontal, like 100% naked. 100% naked. 100% naked with like Dumbo ears and stuff. And so by the time they get naked, they're naked. They're naked. Or so. almost completely naked. Maybe they have a little bit of a kimono left or something, but pretty much naked. Yeah. Amazing. And the oldest one's 78 years old and she's up there she dancing. She is 70 now. Yeah. She's 70 now. Damn. It, she must be a damn good dancer. She's very good. She's very good? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing, and she's completely naked. Yep. Wow. What, what what's her what's her trick? What does she do? I mean, she must have like a special talent or something, right? Well, at the end of the show, she goes around the stage and gives touch time, and touch all, the time. Guys, all the guys can squeeze her tits. No shit. So you can squeeze her tips, or squeeze her tits, and you don't have to tip. Yep. Amazing. What about the other girls? So like, after the other girls get done dancing, can you like touch them too, or most girls know. Most girls know. It's just a dance thing. What about, like, sex? Is sex at all involved in this? No. Nope. Not at all? Not at all. 100%? 100%. Okay, cool. Now, how extreme do some of these go? Like, I saw the trailer, and, and there's some fire play and shit. Can you elaborate a little bit on that and, like, some of the other crazy shit you saw? What you're referring to is uh, called Hanadensha. Hanadensha. My middle name. And Hanadensha was a movement, a movement or a, a type of performance... Uh, where the girls did tricks with their pussies. Okay. For example? For example, I saw a girl that um, she would put a string mm -hmm. up her pussy with some kind of a plunger, something to hold it in. Whoa. And she would cut apples. She would peel an apple. She could peel an apple in about five seconds with this string. <laughs> that was inside her pussy. The string was up inside. The apple was in her other hand, and she took this string that was hanging out. She took one hand and kind of made it, made it taut. Uh-huh. And took the other app, took the apple with the other hand and just somehow sli you know, peeled the apple in about five seconds. Then sliced it with the string hanging out of her pussy and gave the apples to the customers. Wow! That's an awesome way to get syphilis. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the girl that you're referring to actually blows fire with her pussy. She blew... Yeah, I saw that in the video. So she was blowing fire... 
she must have been like shaved or and had some like like special wax in her legs or something or no no and that fire was go- it was like it was the fire the, the fireball itself was about as big as she was and she must have been a little bit taller than me so she must have been at least like like five foot five or something right she's five foot six five foot seven something like that but but the fireball was just huge and it's right in the face of like all these businessmen and stuff I mean yeah. it was like. I mean, obviously, I mean, it was real, but man, that was insane. So basically, fire-breathing pussies, apple-cutting pussies, what else did you see? Like, is there anything more extreme than that, or? Not so much more extreme, but um, really artistic dances, really creative (laughs) artistic shows. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. And this is the only place, like, like... these shops, are they all over Japan, or are they strictly, like, in Tokyo right now? I mean, you said they're going to be dying in, like, five years. Probably, yeah. <clears throat> where are they right now? Uh, they're scattered across Japan. I don't exactly know where they all are, because there's a lot of really small ones. Mm-hmm. But I hear there's about 30 left out of about 250. Really? There's 30 left within Tokyo, or within uh, no, Japan? No, they're, they're, they're across Japan, but I think they're kind of spread around the country. But I Jeez. don't know exactly where they all are, but... How, like, let's say, like, is it okay for foreigners to go? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay, great. So, like, let's say, let's say one of our listeners or viewers comes in and stops to Japan or whatever on a business trip or just hanging out, and they want to see one of these performances, how do they find it? Like, what do they do for Google or... Don't know how you'd find it on Google. Uh, you might type in strip... The thing is, if you type it in Google, you're probably going to find strip clubs in Roppongi. Yeah, see, and that's where you don't want to go, because, I mean... I wouldn't want to go there. I mean, a friend of mine went there a few weeks ago. He had a glass of champagne. They gave him a bill for 700 bucks. He refused. He got his ass kicked. What? Yeah. That's Rapongi. That's yeah. strip club in Rapongi. Mm-hmm. And that's not where you want to go. You're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. Or you're going to pay 500 bucks for a glass of champagne. <laughs> so if you want to go to a place... Um, I would go to... If you're in Tokyo, I would go to Doltonbori. Mm-hmm. Or I would go to Wakamatsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two places that I would recommend <clears throat> in Tokyo. And you can Google those. You can definitely Google those, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, you probably you could probably Google uh, Strip Gekijo. Strip Gekijo. Yeah, yeah, probably. Does okay. your does your podcast have any kind of the text that people can look at? Absolutely. Or? I'm going to put all this stuff in the text. So, folks, when you're done listening to this, go to the uh, Got Fitted Japan on Podbean, probably in YouTube or iTunes as well, and you'll definitely see it. Copy and paste and uh, have a blast. Yeah, I could give you a few links. Awesome. It's kind of hard to give keywords. I just don't know the keywords offhand, so... It's okay. We'll, we'll explore it after uh, after this and stuff. We'll put it up. We'll hook, we'll hook you guys up. Don't worry about that. Amazing, amazing. Okay, and uh, when is this documentary going to be finished? And uh, how and when can people see it? It's going to be finished about a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's due you yesterday, know, you know right? What I mean? Well, actually, I made a very good step of hiring an editor a couple of weeks ago who has given me a list of all the holes there are mm-hmm. that need to be filled for the story. So you got to go back and like do a whole lot of like uh, extra shooting? i got to do a few more interviews to fill, fill in some holes. Cool. And so, oh, I'm tr- pushing myself to have something available by the summer. Okay, that's fantastic. All right, so you've got pretty much like three and a half, four months to go. Yeah, until I've still got music rights to clear mm-hmm. and or music to make. That's mm-hmm. another big problem. So I'm hoping by the beginning of summer 
something awesome. will be available or close to being available or funding coming in or getting close to that last step. You know? <clears throat> Amazing. So wait, are you going to build a website for this or do you already have a website or? I've got the URL, but I don't really have any content there yet. I do have a Facebook page that I've made, which is easy because it's there. Okay, cool. What is that Facebook page? It's Sayonara Wonderland. Sayonara Wonderland? Yeah. Nobody took that? Nobody took that. Can you believe Nobody that? Nobody took that. <laughs> Unbelievable, right? I Incredible. can't believe it. Oh, that's crazy. All right, so, all right, so Sayonara Wonderland. So wait, if I Googled Sayonara Wonderland, would that come up? Uh, probably not yet because, because I haven't really built the page. Uh-huh. I haven't put it out there into the Google engines and I haven't. But if you go to Facebook, it'll be there. Okay, that's cool. All right, folks. Well, you know where to go for this. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to keep a big eye on for this. I've already saw the uh, the preview. The trailer, and yeah. The trailer, the preview. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You can't see the trailer yet because I don't own that music. So I can't make it public yet. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Well, it'll be available soon. So Soon. As soon as I get that, that music replaced, then uh, the, the trailer will be uh, public. Great, man. That's fantastic. So basically, you're working on this. You're also doing the corporate work. What about in the future? What do you have going on in the future? Uh, future, I'm actually putting all my thinking into Sayonara Wonderland at the moment. Awesome. I mean, I, I've always got work coming in. It's, mm-hmm. it's just random clients. Uh-huh. I've got some people from Russia that want me to put together a shoot for them next month. And, and I've got another thing, another corporate thing at the end of February and another thing at the end of the month. But that's just work. That's not really, you know, that's not really an artistic endeavor. It's just... Mm-hmm. Paying my rent. <laughs> you gotta pay your rent. <laughs> but once this is done, yeah, then we'll start seeing what's coming up cool. after that. All right, awesome. Is there anything else you can tell the audience about, like, let's say somebody comes to Japan, right, and they're, like, maybe teaching English for one or two years, and they want to do something different. Like, let's say they're, they're just sick of, like, you know, sitting in a classroom and saying, this is a pen, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What are some tips you can give our listeners for them to, like, kind of, like, uh, break out of the mold? Well, you got to realize that um, if you're in Tokyo or Osaka, I don't know about any, any other city, but uh-huh. if, if you're in one of those cities, um, you're in a massive, uh, major economic place, mm-hmm. and you speak English. And I would say, first of all, learn some Japanese. You don't got to be fluent, mm-hmm. but learn enough to uh, function. And then you got to realize that no matter what skill you have, there's not enough people that speak English that do that skill and you can probably find a way to make a living at it or make some money at it okay there's too many people here that speak English and that's it mm-hmm. you know but if you speak English plus doing something doing else. something else then there is probably a market for you awesome what do you think are some like lucrative markets at the moment I'm kind of doing my own video thing. I found that and I kind of gave up looking around. I really don't know. I mean, I know if you're, if you're willing to work in an office, mm-hmm. if you're willing to do you know, finance or something like that, you can mm-hmm. definitely get a job doing that. I don't like working in an office. Nobody likes... Well, no, no, no. There are quite there a few are people, people who, who do. do like and the thing is, if you like working in an office, if you like working in, uh, in finance... Mm-hmm. Or headhunters. Or headhunters. It's easy to get a job mm-hmm. in that kind of field in Japan mm-hmm. if you speak some English. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I don't, want to, I don't want to do it, but, you know, some people do, so. Hey, man, to each their own. Yeah. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, I want to say thank you very much. Is there, all right, anything else you want to plug? Anything else you want to say? Plugging is pretty much this, uh, this documentary. Sayonara yeah. Wonderland. Sayonara Wonderland, yeah. 
Awesome. All right. Well, I'm sure we're all going to be looking forward to that in about what? I'm going to say top six months. I hope to God, yeah. Fingers crossed, <laughs> six months. I hope so. Are yeah. you going to have it at theaters? Like, is it going to be, like, are you going to go, like, kind of do a Kevin Smith thing where you, like, travel around Japan in a bus and show to small little theaters? Or are you going to do the internet I thing? I can't or? show it in Japan. You can't? No. I've had, I have an agreement with the theaters. To, I can shoot inside if I don't release it in Japan. Oh, wow. So basically that means once you release it, so that means you can't sell it online, right? Yeah, I just can't release it in Japan. I just can't, mm-hmm. I just cannot show it in theaters in Japan. Basically it's illegal. Mm-hmm. It's illegal to take off your panties in public and they don't want the Japanese public to see that the theaters are still there even though they're just there. But they don't want the general public mm-hmm. to see this movie and potentially get offended and pressure the police to put more pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can sell it online, but I just can't, uh, you know, I can't sell it to the Japanese market. Well, I mean, there's a big market out there, excluding the Japanese yeah. market. I mean, if, somebody, so... if somebody in Japan wanted to buy it, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. But I can't show it in theaters, I can't... Uh... Damn, so how are you going to sell that? Are you going to go back to the States, or... I think the States is the last place that would take... The States is just way too conservative. Really? For way a documentary like this? Are you kidding me? Another way... Remember that... What happened when... Uh, what was her name? Latoya Jackson or Janet Jackson or whoever that was that had mm. her tits out during the Super Bowl thing. Yeah. After about six months in solid, that was the top Google News. Yeah. Who gives a shit if her tits were out? Mm-hmm. It's not that big of an issue for six months or however long it was, right? Well, that's true. That was on mainstream TV. I mean, that, that was so during the Super Bowl. long, right? Yeah. It's just a girl's tits on TV. Okay. Two or three days. Okay, I understand. But mm-hmm. that long. The States is way too conservative. Europe is much better place. True. So you're going to go mainstream in Europe, I underground have, in, Ju- in America. I have no idea. No idea? You haven't came to that road yet? Uh, well, as anybody out there knows, anybody, any filmmakers out there know, when you have your film done, mm. you sell it to whoever will take it. Really? <laughs> but in this case, it, it, shit. It, it is a good story. It is a really good story. Mm-hmm. And I got, uh, I got good people helping me make it, but mm-hmm. I trust to make it a good story, so it's awesome. not just going to be me looking at it and saying it's a good story, so I won't just take any buyer, but I think there's a market out there that will... I think but, so, too. I mean, yeah. I'm part of that market. I'm Dude, I, after seeing the trailer, I'm just like, dude, yeah. when is this going to be done? Whether, Six months, I can wait. Whether it's some European TV channel or whether it's some, uh, I don't know, whether it's some Russian movie theater or whatever. I don't know. I mean, whoever shows interest, mm-hmm. you'll have I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them. All right, great. Well, when it finishes and stuff, let me know and stuff. I mean, there'd be no problem for us to put it on the show and stuff, you know, do a little advertising on the side or whatever. So, you know, sure, cool, man. All right, well, thank you very much for coming here for this interview and stuff. And uh, we look forward to looking and watching your video. Great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you. And folks, be sure to uh, catch Got Faded Japan, uh, episode 124 next week with Johnny and Shank. And we'll definitely be there for your Got Faded Entertainment. Folks, thank you very much. It's been a Got Faded Minute. Peace. Yo, what's up, folks? There's a couple of things we love here at Got Faded Japan. And, well, as you know, it's booze and news. But one thing we also love is art. We love art at Got Faded Japan. 
And in fact, you should love art too. So come on down to thespillthink.com, thespillthink.com. We have all your artistic needs. We've got paintings for sale, t-shirts for sale. Hells yeah, we even have a book. Come on down and check out the book. We've got videos. If you'd like to see a couple of videos on how the art is made, check it out too. And also, thespillthink.com can also be used for commission. If you have something in mind that you want to be made, come on down to thespillthink.com and have it made for you. Spilting.com, making art, producing art for all your artistic needs. Spilting.com. Am I going to say it again? Fuck yeah, I'll say it again. Spilting.com. I'll even spell it. T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Spilting.com.